0: Hey there, skinny peeps. Welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. My name is Bevan Caramello. I am so glad you tuned in with us today. Today is February 13th, 2019, and I've got to give a shout out to my little sister, Griffin Ann. It is her birthday today. So happy birthday, sis. I hope it's been a great day. We are in the middle of a series called Lord, Teach Us How to Pray, where we have um, primarily been in the book of Matthew chapter six, and we have been working our way through the Lord's prayer verse by verse, piece by piece, just unpacking it and, and really trying to look at what Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him to teach them how to pray. That was Those were their words. Lord, teach us how to pray. And so that's what we're doing. We are looking at the master, the one who knew how to pray best, and um, just going through it one verse at a time. So a couple of weeks ago, we tackled verse 9, um, the beginning of the Lord's prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And then um Last week, verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, we are heading into verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. Okay, so... With that said, I want to read you guys a quote um, from a book that I have been reading. It's called Spiritual Leadership, and it's by J. Oswald Sanders. And I love this chapter, chapter 11, um, where he's talking about prayer and leadership. And I just loved what he had to say about prayer. He says, Prayer is the most ancient, most universal, and most intensive expression of the religious instinct. It includes the simplest of speech on infant lips and the sublime entreaties of older age. All reach the majesty on high. Prayer is indeed the Christian's vital breath and native air. And then he goes on on the next page and he says, Mastering the art of prayer, like anything else, takes time. The time we give it will be a true measure of its importance to us. We always find time for the important things. That was really convicting um, for me, just thinking about the simplicity of that statement. We always find time for the important things. So if prayer is really important to us, we'll make time for it, right? So you guys have made time. You fit this into your week this week, and I'm so glad you did. Um, I want us to start in the book of Exodus. We're going to just be talking through some of what's in chapter 16, this idea of daily bread as Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. "'Lord, give us this day our daily bread.'" And this goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 16 when uh, the Israelites were wandering in the desert and God rained down from heaven. He literally made bread appear on the ground for them. I've heard it referred to as God's frosted flakes <laughs> because um, we are told that it was sweet like honey and it would just appear on the ground every morning bread from heaven. It was called manna. And when they were wandering in the desert for 40 years, this is how he fed them. He fed them manna. And we don't know exactly what it was. It doesn't exist anymore today. But we know why we see now in hindsight, we know why God did things the way that he did. The Israelites had been slaves in Egypt for years and years and years. And generations i mean they'd been slaves for generations and so they had a slave mentality and god as he delivered them from captivity and he he pulled them out of egypt and they were following moses through the desert he had to teach them a daily dependence on him he had to teach them how to trust him how to lean on him to believe that he would provide for them every single day. And so he brought them manna from heaven. But you know, interestingly enough, they were only allowed to take what they needed for that day. If they were to take two days worth in one day, then the next day when they woke up, that manna that they had collected from the day before, it was no good anymore. It would have a foul smell. And the Bible tells us in Exodus 16 that maggots even started to grow on it the manna was only good for the day they were only supposed to take what they needed for that day right and so here we we see this reflected in jesus's words in matthew chapter 6 give us this day our daily bread give us what we need for today and you know the only day that they were allowed to collect more than a day's worth was the day before the sabbath that was the one day that they were allowed to take two days worth because on the Sabbath they were supposed to rest. And again, he was teaching them. He was trying to break the slave mentality. You can't expect slaves to live like free people, right? You can't expect slaves to live like free people. He had to teach them how to be free in him. And still to this day, the Lord is teaching us how to live as free people, the freedom that comes from Christ. right? So he even had to teach them how to rest. He had to teach them how to rest. That's why he gave them the Sabbath. So they would collect enough manna the day before the Sabbath, and then they wouldn't collect anything on the Sabbath. That was the only day that the manna would last through the night, and they were able to have it to eat the next morning. Okay, So just a little background there, and now I want us to turn to the book of Proverbs. Um, I want us to look at chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to read those for us, and then we'll unpack them a little bit. And at the end, as we get closer to the end of this um, episode, the end of this message today, We're going to I'm going to try to tie it all together for us. Okay? So Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. It says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. There it is again. Verse 9 goes on to say, Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Um, this really struck a chord in me. Um, this week preparing for this message. I started to think about this idea of depending on God every day for what we need. This idea of daily bread. Give us today, this day, our daily bread. And the idea, I was meditating and just thinking about Exodus chapter 16, trying to imagine what that might be like to just have to believe that God was going to bring you enough food the next day until they got to know God, the heart of God, the character of God. Eventually, after he'd shown up day after day after day after day with the manna, I can imagine that it probably became easier to trust that he would show up again the next day with the manna. But in the very beginning, as they were getting to know the heart of their father, I can imagine how that would have been hard not to collect more even though it might have maggots in it the next day, just this idea this that, that maybe what if what if he doesn't provide for us tomorrow? And so this, these verses in Proverbs, again talking about daily bread, um, got me thinking got me thinking about us as a nation. Um, I am I know that there's um, some listeners that don't live in the United States, but I live in the United States. And, and most of us, wherever we're listening, are listening on some type of computer or smartphone. We have devices that, regardless of, of what country you're in, you are one of the wealthiest people in the world, right? Because the fact that you have access to this message, to this podcast – means you're wealthy because there's you have some type of device, some type of technology to get you to it. The majority of our world doesn't have that. The majority of our world doesn't have food and clean water. The majority of our world um, doesn't have technology, doesn't have education, doesn't know how to read and write. And so I started thinking, you know, if we become a world that in our wealth we have we live independently from God, that we're too wealthy— that we've gotten to a point where we're lacking so little, we need so little, right? We're dependent on God for so little. It made me start to think, you know, have we, as a people, as a, as a church, capital C, the Christian church, all across the world, unintentionally, have we, have we, in our wealth, have we disowned our God? That's what this proverb says here. King Solomon he he wrote the proverbs and he he's saying here, "Lord, I may have too much and disown you." And say who is the Lord? In other words, we can forget about God. We can become so comfortable and so content that we forget about our God that everything we have comes from him. And so, you know, I think what he's talking about here in verse 8, keep falsehood and lies from me. I started thinking that that falsehood, that's independence, right? That we could ever live independent from God. That's falsehood. God gives us our very breath. Everything we have comes from Him. The book of James tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good thing we have comes from God. And then in, in verse 8, in Proverbs 30, it talks about the, the lies The falsehood and lies, keep falsehood and lies far from me. And I thought about what about those people in the world on the other side of this asking, you know, God to provide for us. Here we are in our wealth. But what about those who are in poverty? It's a lie that anybody could ever be so poor that they are forgotten about by God, right? That they're insignificant to God. That's a lie. That's a lie that Satan could speak to them. Because we know it's not true. We know every person on this earth was created in the image of God. There are no insignificant people in this world. There is no one in this world that God has forgotten about. And there's also no one in this world so wealthy, so independent, that they could live without His permission to keep living. That's the falsehood. I started thinking about this story that I heard about this woman uh, a couple of years ago. A missionary from Haiti came and talked to our church, to our our women's ministry, and and, um, she told us this story—I've never forgotten it, I hope I never do—about this woman that she met in Haiti with two avocados. And long story short, this woman lived in a shack, a pile of rubble. Um, she had pictures for us that she put up on the screen. We could see this woman. We could see her house. She had just a little mat on the floor in the corner um, and, and like a little board propped up um, on a couple of rocks that kind of served as like a, a table or a place where you would, I guess, call it her kitchen. But there was there was no stove or anything. Um, and then she had this bowl this bowl on top of that board. Maybe that was her kitchen table. And in that bowl were two avocados. That's all she had, two avocados and the clothes on her back, and this little lean-to shack. And at the end of the missionary's time with this woman, at the end of their time there, as she was leaving, she gave the missionary her two avocados to give to the local pastor in the local church because she'd already eaten that day. And she said, no, 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 take the avocados. And at first, of course, the missionary was like, no, keep these, keep these. You can eat them tomorrow. You might want them for dinner. She said, no, I have enough. Take these so that the pastor can give them to somebody who doesn't have anything today. And so as I've been thinking about this this week, and this woman has come back to my mind over and over again, and I thought, wow, that's a testimony right there. What an example of living as though we truly believe God will provide our daily bread today and again tomorrow, right? The woman who gave up both of her avocados. Okay, let's um, head back to the book of Matthew. And I want us to jump a few verses down. We're studying um, Matthew 6, 11, but I want us to go on down to Matthew 6. Um, I want to read verses 19 and 20 on that note, thinking about this woman. Verse 19 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. What do you guys think? Have we stored up wealth here on earth in such a way that we've bought into Satan's lies? that we are self-sufficient? His lies that we can do it all on our own, that we don't need God? Or maybe even worse, have we bought into the lie that Satan's forgotten? I mean, that God's forgotten about us? Satan's lie. Have we bought into Satan's lie that we could be forgotten about by God? If you flip over just, it's one page over in my Bible from verse 20, um, jump down to verse 25, Matthew 6. I'm going to read verses um, 25 through 34. Just sit back and listen. It says, this is Jesus talking, and he says, "'Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear.'" Worrying about tomorrow, you guys, it won't even add an hour to our life. God knows what we need, right? Remember a message um, a couple episodes back? It was in this series. I think it was the second message of this series called Better is One Day in Your Courts, where Jesus told us exactly that in Matthew 6 8. He says, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. God knows what we need, right? before we even ask. But I think there's a deeper truth here um, in this prayer as Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray what we now call the Lord's Prayer. Um, Let's look at John chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 47 through 51. I think you guys are going to be able to pick up what I'm putting down here as I try to tie this all together. Verse 47, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If Anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. A couple things are happening here. First, Jesus is predicting his death so that we'll understand later, right? He's about to give his life. But he's also, he tells us, he reminds us of Exodus 16, that the forefathers ate the manna every day. And then he goes on to call himself living bread. The Christ says, I am the living bread. Come to me every day. Lord, give us today our daily bread. Lord, give me enough, Jesus, to get through this day. You know my physical needs. You know where my heart hurts, you know the temptation I struggle with, you know the diagnosis I'm battling, you know the family member that I'm struggling to love. Lord, I need living bread from heaven. I need Jesus. Right? And so I think I think this this prayer here, this part of this prayer, I think it's twofold. Our verse from from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, verse 11. I think it's twofold. One, it's physical provision. Yes. Trusting God to meet our needs and depending on Him. And not, I think we have to learn not to find our security in our savings account or in that great job that you guys could be gone tomorrow, thrown in the fire like the lilies of the field. Learning to put our trust in Him for our physical needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Remember in Exodus, God provided for their physical needs, the manna. But I think it's twofold. It's more than that because that manna, that provision in the desert, God providing them, God teaching the Israelites to trust him daily. Where was all that leading, right? That desert that they had to walk through. What was it leading to? It was leading to the promised land. And metaphorically speaking, what is that pointing us to? The Old Testament always points to Jesus, always. And so I think this part of the Lord's Prayer, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, it's also about spiritual provision. Again, hinging on trust for God to give us Jesus, enough Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit in us to be who he's called us to be and to do what he's called us to do today. Remember Matthew 6, 34, tomorrow will worry about itself. Give us this day our daily bread. It's about trust, right? It's about trust. So we started out, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we learned that we should start with praise, right? And then we come To verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my will, right? But thy will, God's will. Second step in the Lord's Prayer is surrender. We praise, we remember who God is because he's worthy of it. We bow down to him. Then the next step, we surrender. We pray in a way that is seeking God's will, not our own will. And then today, This third part of this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. It's about trust, praise, surrender, trust, trusting God to meet our physical needs. That manna through the desert you're walking through in this season of drought. I don't know. Maybe it's unemployment. Maybe you don't have any health insurance. Maybe you don't have any groceries and you're trusting God to meet that need in a real physical way and and trust in a spiritual way, trusting God to meet our spiritual needs. Lord, give me enough of that bread that comes from heaven, right? That living bread. Lord, give me enough Jesus to get through today. I need that spiritual provision. I need to be in step with your Holy Spirit I need those qualities of the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, all of those things that I only have enough of when I've got Jesus, when I've got the Holy Spirit guiding me through each day. And tomorrow, we're going to deal with tomorrow, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, we get to do this all over again. That's the deal. Give us this day our daily bread. And just like those Israelites thousands of years ago in the desert, we're learning to trust a good God more and more every day, one day at a time. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, how we praise you, how we love you, how you are worthy of our praise. We praise you because you are a good God. You are a faithful God. You are the God who makes the sun rise every morning. Lord, you you are the God of all of our days. You're the God who goes before us, who makes the way through the impossible, impossible situations some of us are facing. You're the God who sticks close in the middle of the night. When we can't sleep. Lord, we praise you for being the God who never sleeps. You are always on your throne. Lord, we confess that we, we just like Jesus's first original disciples, we don't always know how to pray. We confess, Lord, that we muddle it up. We make it too hard. And at the same time, Lord, We bring you prayers that aren't within your will because we're so focused on ourselves instead of being focused on you and 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 what you want, your will. So, Lord, we just lay all of that at your feet. We thank you for being a God who um, you reveal yourself to us over and over and over again. You are a God who is slow to anger, who's rich in mercy, You are long-suffering with your children, and you love us to yourself over and over and over again. So, Lord, would you please just continue to teach us how to pray? Teach us how to continue to bring everything to you day in and day out. Teach us how to trust you more, Lord, to provide for us physically, to provide for us spiritually, to give us all we need for today. Give us the courage to leave tomorrow where it belongs. Tomorrow. You tell us, Lord, that you'll be there waiting for us when we get to it. And we can trust you with that too. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for each person listening to this message. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak your truth each one individually, Lord, whatever it is that you have for each person today, listening right now, that they would be able to draw near to you, Lord, that truth would be spoken here, that your love would be spoken here, that your grace would be spoken here. Lord, I pray that each person listening might find you here. Thank you for this time together today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. I love our time together each week uh, more than I can even tell you. You guys keep studying, keep searching. Jeremiah 29 13 and 14 tells us that when we seek God with all our hearts, we will find him. If you are seeking God with all your heart, he promises to meet you there. He promises. And he promises to bring you back from whatever captivity it is. Whatever's holding you captive right now, he promises to bring you out of it. So seek him with all your heart. Skinny peeps, keep on praying. I will be praying with you. I'm asking God to meet each one of you right in the middle of it. Next week, we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew 6, verse 12. Forgive us. That's what it's called. Forgive us. You guys know the part. Forgive us our debts, right, as we forgive those against us. So we will tackle that one next week. Bye now.